0: I feel very, very hungry, hungry for success. And I just know that I have an opportunity that comes once in, in your life and I just want to make the most out of it.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome along to a new season of Beyond the Grid. Season four, would you believe it? My name's Tom Clarkson and as usual, this season I'll be making it my mission to bring you in-depth, feature-length conversations with the biggest names in Formula One. I have some cracking guests lined up already, and they don't get much bigger than this week's guest, Sergio Perez a magical moment in the incredible career of Sergio Perez who has been on the podium nine times before but never on the top step. He's about to correct that because he's come to that final corner. This is really happening. Sergio Perez wins the Grand Prix in Sakhir. Yes, Jacko. P1. Yes. Good guys finish first. Yes, after a rollercoaster last 12 months that featured that maiden win in Sakhir, Checo is square in the spotlight after his blockbuster move to Red Bull Racing, where he'll partner Max Verstappen. It's a massive move for the Mexican, and on the evidence of pre-season testing in Bahrain last week. Red Bull could be the team to beat when we go racing for the first time at the Bahrain Grand Prix. And who would have predicted that Checo would be sitting in a potential title-winning car just six months ago? Indeed, back in July, he was on a real low, having been the first F1 driver to contract COVID-19. The virus forced him to miss two races, during which time speculation grew that he was about to be ousted at Racing Point, the team he helped to save in 2018. Those fears did of course prove true and he was replaced by Sebastian Vettel, yet he persevered and he rebounded, not just with that win at Sakhir, but by securing a dream seat in Formula One. And as you'll hear later, it was indeed a dream. As we chatted in Bahrain on the final day of pre-season testing, Checo was in fine fettle, looking extremely fit and relaxed. In fact, let me go further. This is the most upbeat and confident I've ever heard Checo Perez in his 10-year Formula One career. We chatted about lots of different things. There was some fascinating insight into his new team, his new teammate Max Verstappen, and some great anecdotes about Adrian Newey, Christian Horner and Helmut Marko. There's also some very candid chat about when he had COVID. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Orcheco, it's lovely to see you. New colours this year. We're speaking in Bahrain testing and you're fastest on the final morning. It's all pretty exciting, isn't
0: it? Well, no, it's just testing. You know, you don't you don't get carried away, you don't know what others are doing and, and uh I just know that there is a lot of work to to be done ahead. I I still have the need for more time in the car, but it's certainly a a good start. You know, it's only a day day and a half. But if you consider the amount of test items we do on a test day, it's definitely a disadvantage for the drivers that are changing teams and advantage for the people that are staying. But uh, it's just part of the game as well part
1: of the game but I'm going to get excited for you because I think it's looking really good the word on the the Bahrain street is that Red Bull have taken a step forward how how does the car feel
0: yeah the car the car feels good just keeps getting better and better every time I I jump in it's been good to to get to know know it and 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 just work uh, our way through through it you know I think uh, yeah the car is pretty pretty good has good potential Uh, but there is still a lot of work and and uh, and development to, to be done and, and to be had in the races in the coming months, I always say it 's not so important where you start in Bahrain is where you finish in in Abu Dhabi true but um, have you found a rhythm are you 're comfortable in it i 'm comfortable, but I, I just know that i i 'm not like uh, super together with the car and yet. I know that uh, there' are still areas to to improve and uh, But I'm also very patient for it. It will be the wrong approach to try to be uh, ready for race one and and then get frustrated with it. I just, I need to take my time and and things will come to us. Is that an age thing? Would Chaco of 10
1: years ago when you came into Formula One, would he have had that same approach or is this the sort of more mature approach?
0: No, I think, through the it has to do with experience through the through the years you you know i know that if i come here and race one and race three or four and i'm off the pace i just know that it's, it's it's a matter of time it's a matter of understanding things of learning things and um, i've been through so much that i know my my capacity my ability and and i should be able to to deliver when so it's just a matter of time. And, uh, and for that, it's, it's not going to come easy. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of work to be done. But uh, as long as we we put that work in, that development together with the, with the, the team, we definitely can, can make it. Because you've only done one and a half
1: days in this car, can we just make a comparison to last year's Racing Point?
0: The car setup, the car mechanically, it's totally different to Racing Point. So
1: are you finding the time in different parts of the yeah, corner, in different yeah. parts of the race? You just
0: track? find the time very differently, uh, in, the, in different ways. The driving that the, the car requires is very different to the driving of uh, the racing point, so, so yeah.
1: And are you having to set it up differently?
0: I mean, they work so different. The, their suspensions are totally different, their, their mechanical balances, the difference in, in aerodynamics uh, as well. So yeah, pretty different everything.
1: Now, you're a guy who appreciates the history of Formula One. First time you've been working with Adrian Newey, a bit of a legend in his, in his own lifetime. How much are you enjoying that?
0: Oh, no, A lot, you know, because um, you can spend good time with him because uh, he's obviously a very clever guy, but he's also a, a racing driver, you know? He's like, when you talk to him, you're feeling that you are speaking to a racing driver that... Uh, has just driven the car and and it's like uh, in a, in a way talking to Max, you know, because he he knows what's going on, he knows what's happening with the car, he knows what tools you can use, and and uh, that's pretty impressive to be honest to from Adrian what I found from him, you know, um, and the speed to do things is also. Extremely impressive.
1: Everyone talks about his ferocious competitiveness. You know, drivers are competitive. That's a given, right? But Adrian is just like you. I mean, is is that come across in him as well? It's
0: it's just what I said, you know, that he's such a competitive guy, uh, such a race. He's a pure racer, a racing driver. You know, he's... He really wants to to make uh, this work
1: and he's been i mean obviously he's an aerodynamic genius but uh, and he's designed racing cars but he's also been a race engineer as well so he sort of there's not a there's not an area of it that he doesn't understand
0: exactly you know i think that he has been through so much in his career through different phases he also drives cars you know uh, have you what, seen
1: his car collection, by the uh, way? He's got an amazing yeah, car collection. He does. Yeah.
0: he does. I haven't seen it. Uh, I look forward to that. But I just heard from Christian that he is also a racing driver, you know. Uh, once I took him to Silverstone to, to test and, and he's 100% fearless, you know. It uh, was a bit damp in, in, into, I think it was cops. And he tried, he tr- definitely tried to go through it flat, you know. And the car was like moving around and he's just a very confident uh, race driver. Yeah. <laughs> Complete fearlessness is
1: probably not a great thing, is it? In a racing driver, you need a little bit of
0: self-preservation. Yeah. But. Well, he must uh, trust a lot his driving capacities.
1: True, that is true. Now look, this is your first team move in seven years. Does it feel slightly odd to be learning a new environment, or are you quite invigorated it, by that? It,
0: it feels very. It, it definitely feel, feels weird, you know, because you've been for seven years with the same people working with, and, and it is a, a, a change, but a change that I, I I've enjoyed a lot. You know, I've come to a great team. The team has welcomed me massively, and um, yeah, it's been very enjoyable uh, experience to work with. Uh, this group of people
1: and is it very different to what you've experienced before or is the dna of all racing teams roughly the same
0: i mean red bull i it's a very big team you know and and, and you can see the the passion in it for winning uh, everyone that works here their mindset is just about winning 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 is everything and when i was at the racing point it was a bit, a bit different you know because we didn't have the, such a A team such a car uh, underneath us so just the mindset is is different because you are you are there to maximize your result but here maximize your result means winning and uh, that's something uh, pretty good and everyone is very highly motivated Um, but at the end of the day still it's a formula one team everyone it's under a lot of pressure everyone is looking to deliver from day one you know and and, um, it's a pretty big organisation as well, just to find things. It's a bit harder, you know, because uh, I felt that uh, at my previous teams, things were a bit smaller and it was easier to find uh, the right guy for certain things. And here it's like so big, it's uh, a bit different in that, in that regard. But overall, I have to thank the team in general because they've been uh, tremendously nice to, to all of my team. And
1: of course it's early days, but can you see why Red Bull have had the... The level of
0: success that they have? Oh, yeah. Uh, since, since I went to Milton Keynes for the first time, you realise why they've been so successful and why it's just a matter of time they are back to, to winning world championships again. Go on then. So
1: when you went to Milton Keynes for the first time, when was that?
0: Uh, I went very early in January. must be the first days of January. Oh, okay, because so, you were announced as a Red Bull
1: driver on the 18th of December. And I did want to ask you, how long before that
0: did you know that you'd got the gig? Uh, as you say, everything happened pretty late in, in the year. So I was announced on the 18th of December. It was the Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Yeah, the Friday after the season. And, and yeah, after, after that, it, it was just uh, a non-stop, you know. Uh, I went straight into training. I went straight into, I think, two weeks after that. Uh, I was at Milton Keynes, you know, doing my seat, uh, working with the team and, and so on. So it was pretty uh, exciting times. And are you,
1: I mean, you're looking incredibly fit. Has Red Bull given you sort of new motivation? Do you feel more hungry than ever?
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel, I feel very, very hungry, hungry for, for success. And, and I just know that I have a, an opportunity that comes once in, in your life. And I just want to make the most out of it. Do you
1: still have to pinch yourself? you've now done a one and a half days in the car but are there moments when you still think is this actually happening am I really here yeah.
0: to be honest there are, there are a couple of uh, of times that I, that I think well because it's Red Bull and it's a team that uh, when I came into Formula 1 it was like you know that you cannot go into Red Bull it's the only team that has their program and so on so it's a great brand I always admire the brand I always admire the, the race team what they've done but yeah, when I see my name in, in that car, when I put the suit on and, and when I work here, it's just something that I, I think, wow, it's, it's it's just real, you know, I'm a Red Bull racing driver. And it's just a massive opportunity in my career that comes at the best possible time, you know.
1: And have you spoken to someone like Seb Vettel? Because when you came into F1 in 2011, he was dominating everything, wasn't he? Has he given you any advice or how to uh, deal with Helmut Marco? Because Helmut's some, um, some people might say he's um, a bit of a tough cookie.
0: Well, I think Helmut is uh, another <laughs> pure racer that uh, he will just tell you straight away what he thinks, you know. And um, and what sort of character are you? Can you deal
1: with good and bad? You just like to be told it straight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer, I prefer that. I, I just love uh, that you know people straight and, and that tells you exactly what they think and and vice versa. I mean. I think uh, with Helmut, I've had five uh, conversations in in my life. You know, we're just getting now to, to spend more time together, and uh, he's actually quite a funny character. Uh, he's much more funny than he looks, you know. <laughs> so uh, when you spend time with him, uh, he's just um, a pure racer, a, a racing driver that, uh, for him, it's all about winning. Uh,
1: did he ever try and get you on the Red Bull Young Driver program way back? Yeah. Did you have a conversation with him? Um,
0: we did in 2007. How did it go? 2007. I was invited through my program to do a test there. It didn't go well <laughs> because uh, when I tested, it was about testing the testing there and I didn't do well in the first... Uh, okay, so what car are you in? F3. Right, right. But uh, I had an issue with the, with the seat because my, my knees were hitting the wheel, so I couldn't turn, so I was, like, quite far off the pace. And I thought that I was going to be able to sort out the seat and so on. And when I went back, I was just kicked out, you know. I, I didn't have an extra chance because of uh, I was just being kicked out. I was too slow, and I was like, wow. Well, I thought... I no, 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 it's all about lap time and, and I was just kicked out. So then, um, I think that was in 2007 or six, and then I went into Formula 3. I was racing the Red Bull, Red Bull drivers. I was leading the championship and I saw him at Silverstone. Ah, Helmut, how are you? We will beat you. We will beat you, <laughs> he was telling me. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> have a nice day, Helmut. And... Uh, what the other conversation was, once in GP2, uh, when I was in GP2 at my first year with Christian, actually, after one, one good race I did in Silverstone, he came to me and said, hey, what you, are what you doing? Uh, and so on. And he told me, well, you're doing right, but uh, you have your, your own driver, driver program. You don't need me. That was the final conversation. That, that we had, that, that I remember, Checo. Because
1: Helmer is so results driven, do you feel actually it worked out for the best? And that you're much better arriving in Formula One with Red Bull now, with a decade of experience, than you would have been as a as a rookie coming straight in. And we've seen what's happened to some of their young drivers in recent years.
0: I think uh, who knows what will have happened? You know, with the op- what opportunities I will have got. Definitely helps, you know, to be part of that. Junior programme, but I just have to say that I am extremely thankful to, to Matic, to Helmut Christian and Adrian, all the Red Bull family because uh, to give me this opportunity uh, it 's uh, something something great and, uh, and as you say it's, uh, they are driven by results, and, and no one before gave me the opportunity to be in a, in a top car you know so uh, I just have to make sure that I, I deliver now.
1: Now, as you say, you're renewing your relationship with Christian Horner, who you drove for in 2009 GP2. What are your memories of that year, first of all? That one with yeah. Christian back then?
0: With Christian, I've always had a good relationship. He's always very open. And we, even though my career took different directions, every time we met at the paddock, we always had a, a good chat. Yeah, I mean, uh, with Christian, uh, at the time, I think... Uh, his, his dad was more running the team, who I also had a good relationship with. I only did one year with with Arden, and I remember that year was very difficult because I was very very I was not strong enough. They used to put a lot of caster in that Arden. Arden was very famous for that, you know, to have a very strong front end. And um, but they were running big caster loads, so so the steering wheel you you have no idea how heavy it was. I remember my teammate was Mortara. He looked more like a body maker, you know, than a racing driver. <laughs> that's and I, what you needed. More, to I, be- I think I was 18 years old, so I struggled so much that just physically, you know, I, and the races, I, I was totally destroyed. So it was, it was pretty difficult in that regard. But uh, we we just had a good relationship together, and uh, that worked well. So
1: you've stayed in touch throughout, obviously. How much has Christian changed? How much
0: have you changed in the intervening period? Well, I think we've changed both a lot, you know. Um, we've spent a lot of uh, time together since since then. I think Christian has developed a lot, you know. He's a great leader for for the team. His personality is very strong, and he's able to deal with it uh, very very strong. And same myself, you know. I think uh, I'm able to. I'm more experienced. I've uh, I've delivered over the over the years and. Uh, we we get, we are together in a, in a great point of our careers. I know this is you say this
1: is the opportunity of your career, but you have been in a top team before, McLaren, twenty thirteen. Can you explain to us why you think this is going to be better?
0: It just happens at a better time in my in my career, you know, um, at a better point, and and I think also the team is at uh, is in a good momentum as well. So. I just think that in general there is a lot of hope on that. And There is uh, definitely good um, good direction, and and the team is solid. When I came to McLaren, I think it was probably the wrong time for the team as well. It was a year when everything went backwards. So in that regard, I, I don't think driving-wise I did bad. You know, I mean, I out-qualified Jensen there and so on. So so I think in general it was a a good stint, but they were all other political factors in in it so i just think right now it's a better it's case. kind of
1: back then it was kind of right team wrong time and and here we are hoping that it's right team at the right time i suppose
0: yeah exactly you know uh, that's a that's a priority here and um, that uh, we are just able to to maximize and i just don't don't see why it is not going to work you know and have you been told what your job is is it check out you winning races this year what have they given you any
1: understanding
0: winning just winning <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's uh, it's winning and uh, it's uh, delivering weekend in weekend out uh, that's uh, the main priority i remember
1: i'm not going to mention his name but i remember one of the former red bull drivers telling me that it's very um, the performance bonuses are quite good, the results bonuses, the win bonuses. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, I'll tell you when I get them. <laughs> right I told now, you, yeah. Right now, I haven't got any, so i let you know.
1: Yeah. Checo, no, look, what's it been like at home? Last year was such an emotional year for you, wasn't it? I mean, can we just talk through it a little bit in that, obviously, you know, the pandemic hits and it's very difficult for everybody, of course, outside Formula One as well, but then we go back racing and you contract COVID. And can you just talk us through? Can you remember how you felt both physically and mentally? How difficult was it for you at that time?
0: It was very difficult, you know, the roller coaster I had last year. Getting COVID, you know, being the first one, I was like the weird guy. The the fact that you were the first driver to get it, did you you feel like the the
1: weird guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: because I I think at the time Formula One thought that we were bulletproof to it, you know. So I got a lot of criticism and it was at a very critical time in my career, you know, because uh, it was a time where I was needed to be in the car because I was about to lose the drive. In the end, I lost the drive and um, it was very late in the year and there were very little opportunities there happening so I just thought like look it's not um, going to happen and I didn't have the desire to just carry on I had o- o- other options but uh, I wasn't very keen to be in them I-, I wanted a project that motivates me to carry on uh, I was lucky to find it and, uh, and it worked out well you know I, w- I went through a very different uh, scenarios in my career you know I, at some point I was just thinking that that was it you know that was it in my career because as I say I've been here ten years, and and I felt that I I've proven myself time after time, and I was not willing to go into any team just for the sake of uh, going. And uh, then as the season progressed, things developed well, and uh, there were already some options for 22. So I say, well, if I don't, if I'm not here on 21, I won't retire. I will wait a year and and come back for 22. And then the the, the Red Bull thing became very serious and it actually happened. So it was just fantastic that it worked out. Just to take you back to those two
1: races you missed, they were Silverstone. And of course, given the strengths of the Racing Point last year, you know, on paper, it looked like Silverstone was going to be the track
0: for you guys.
1: Must have made it even harder.
0: Yeah, it was was at a point as well where the, the Racing Point car was very competitive. We were like... Lance put a third day, a race before in Hungary and we knew that it was going to be our strongest track, Silverstone, And and also there was at a point where, where we were very solid. And yet to miss, to miss it, the, that race was very painful. But to miss both of them, it definitely ruined my championship and so on. But then you see, we didn't give up and we recovered and, and uh, look. I can't remember, where were you for those two races? You were stuck in a hotel
1: where about, Where? where you're in England, weren't you?
0: It's funny, it's funny. It's, it's good that you asked this question. <laughs> I, I actually went to quarantine in Milton Keynes. <laughs> Near the Red Bull factory. Yeah, yeah, I was like five minutes away from the Red Bull factory. Uh, I went to quarantine there. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? How long was it, 10 days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept training, uh, you know, I was in an apartment. I kept, I kept training and I kept working there. And um, What what sort
1: of exercise? You know, um, the the tennis players before the Australian Open had to quarantine in Melbourne and they were playing tennis, hitting the ball against the wall. No, my,
0: my room wasn't that big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just neck, a bit of neck, a bit of weight. You know, because mentally I was feeling like I need to be back. I'm going to be back very soon in the car. But when I went for a proper run, I really felt like, wow, this... This hit me harder than I thought, you know. So the lack of exercise. Yeah, the, no, not the lack of exercise, the virus okay, hit me okay. harder than, than I thought it was going to hit me.
1: And did it affect your performance in the car when you came back? Yeah, definitely. Because people talk about yeah. long COVID, Yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. When do you feel that you were back on form,
0: 100%? I, I, I think uh, a race after Barcelona. I did Barcelona and I think after Barcelona was two weeks and we went to... What was after Barcelona? It was Spa. Yeah, yeah. I, I was back on physical form. Yeah. Okay. After that, but but it hits you hard. To to some people, hits harder. But uh, but yeah, it did hit me hard. Yeah. And you mentioned
1: things getting serious with Red Bull. At what point did you or
0: your manager Julian Jacobi, think it was getting serious? Very much at, towards the end of the of the season, to be honest. It was just. I mean, as soon as uh, all the seats were filled out, you know, and, and, and Red Bull knew that they had nowhere to go. Uh, it was either Red Bull or, or taking a year out. I think they wanted to, to take their time. And, uh, and they did that, you know, and uh, very, very late towards the end of the, of the season. Czeko,
1: I was given the impression that Turkey was a very significant race. Did you get that impression from the team as well?
0: No, I think it was race by race, to be honest. You know, every single race make uh, an impression, an impact on them to make up their, their mind, you know.
1: So then we finish the season. You win, of course, here, the Sakia Grand Prix. You then return home to Mexico, not only as a Grand Prix winner for the first time, but as a Red Bull driver. Can you just
0: describe,
1: what, the mayhem that took place when you landed in yeah. Mexico? <laughs>
0: no, it was pretty, pretty exciting, you know, because uh, the... the the fans over there were very enthusiastic and for the people, you know, it was a very proud moment for all my country, you know, to, to put that flag on top after so many years. It was very special, you know, and uh, I was very pleased to see that so many people were so happy. It was a, a big moment for myself, for my family, but a big one also for my country. What was
1: the biggest story? You winning the race or you signing for Red Bull?
0: I think they both came together, you know, and they came very close together as well, so... I was on the news for a yeah. long period Checo of time. Checo for president, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I win the race and then two, three weeks later I was a Red Bull racing driver and it uh, <laughs> uh, was a lot of Checo at that time.
1: What about your dad, Antonio? Because he's been obviously such a supporter of yours but he's so emotional, he's, isn't he? About when he watches you race and what does this mean to him and, and to,
0: to mom and dad and, and the family? Yeah, it means it means a lot, you know, for us to to have uh, to to have made it. You know, we've sacrificed as a family a lot. We've given a lot to the sport, and, and the sport has paid us back, you know. And um, uh, my dad did everything to to support me, same as my mom, my brothers. You know, they all live uh, this career, and uh, now my my wife, my kids. You know. Uh, it's a sport that you really need the, that support. And, and and for me, I'm lucky to have their support.
1: Yeah. And wife, Carola, is she coming to Europe? How, how are you sort of, are you doing anything differently this year? Are you going to be living in
0: England more? Or? No, look, uh, it's, we have a very unique times, you know, now moving around the world, it's, it's complicated. So we are obviously based in Europe, but um, with this moving around, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in in next week, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's just nice to have them, have them with me. We're going to be spending more time in Europe and, and we'll see what happens until summer break, you know.
1: Are they, are they in Europe already or are they...
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, we, 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 we came uh, into Europe very early in, in the year.
1: Now, how has being a dad affected you
0: as a racing driver? <sighs> it's, um, it affects you in, in a way that uh, you, when you are away... For long periods of time where, where before, if I was away three weeks, it's nice because I will be parting, you know, <laughs> in those three weeks or just doing different things in, in in those three weeks or it didn't matter if it was a month or so. Now, if you are away for two weeks, you are like, oh, no, no, I, I need to, to be back with my family, you know. I, I, I got to see my kids and wife, of course. <laughs>
1: but... Uh, mm-hmm. What's the pecking order there? <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 you you want to get me in trouble? I see. <laughs> no, just in general, I think that's a, the thing that I that I struggle with the most. If I don't see them like for two weeks, especially now that they're pretty young, it's is the the thing that that hits me. And uh, I just like my my kid to to watch me racing, you know, because uh, he gets excited now. He's uh, three three-year-old my daughter is is one so they get excited when they see me
1: i don't know if you've been asked this before but does it in any way make you slower does it affect your motivation your commitment because you want to go back and see them do you interrupt an engineering meeting because you say i've got to facetime the kids
0: before they go to bed no i think i think i mean we are so professional and i've been in at this level you know that you know what you have to give to be good you know to deliver uh, it's just that I find that in my case, I'm pretty lucky because I've managed to have a good balance, you know, to have my good quality of time with with my family when I'm with them. And uh, to give the time that it requires to to the team, you know, the simulator, all the commitments that we have, uh, it doesn't interfere with that. So, and that's important, you know, it's an important point because... Uh, there might be a point in my career where I say, you know, I prefer just to be with, with my family. And, but then I think that's the point that you got to retire, you know, because uh, if you don't give to the sport the time that it requires, then it's not going to work out, you know. And does the missus understand that? You understand that, but yeah. does she? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do and... and, and uh, I'm lucky to have the, the support of my wife in that regard, you know, because it's pretty hard for, for her also to spend three weeks uh, or a month on, on on her own with the two kids, you know. But um, as I say, that's why it's a family work. My kids, uh, they, are, they are doing their side, and, and my wife and my family. So we are all in this in this crazy world, you know. You are all
1: in this crazy world. And of course, your brother, the whole family loves racing. Are you going to be putting the, the kids through the, the, your kart track in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I will. I will support them in whatever they they want to do. You know, I would love. But to are you gonna
1: point them in any direction. Mm, probably golfing. Golfing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, I like <laughs> my kids to be a, to be a golfer, but uh, I I will just support him in whatever yeah. he wants to to do.
1: Okay. Now, look. Can we talk about Max um, Max Verstappen? You've you've now had the chance here at the Bahrain test to watch him up close. What have you learned? What's the scale of
0: the challenge ahead of Checo Perez this year with regards to your teammate? Since I knew I was coming to Red Bull, I knew that I'm, I'm going to, to be facing a big challenge, which is Max. He's a very complete driver. I found I found no surprises, to be honest. I just found that he's a very strong driver all around and, and that uh, it's going to be a task, you know, a big challenge on myself. But uh, it's what I wanted, you know. I want to measure against uh, the best in the sport. So it's a great challenge and a great opportunity and something that, that I'm looking so much forward. The way I see it is... I got absolutely nothing to lose, you know, in, in my career. I've been lucky enough to, to have a fantastic career. So whatever comes next is great, you know.
1: When you look at Max's data traces, what impresses you? Is he doing something that you haven't seen before with previous teammates? You know, let's talk about Ocon or uh, the Hulk.
0: <laughs>
1: is there anything hard.
0: that stands out? No, 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 we haven't spent, you know, conditions have been so different in this uh, couple of days uh, for both of us. I haven't seen enough, you know. He's driven with a track that is 10, 15 degrees cooler at times and, and vice versa and with the wind changing. I think in the first three, four races, I will know more, but I can already see that he's a very fast, solid driver.
1: Yeah. And what's he like to deal with? Has he been helpful? Has he helped you get to know people? Do you he's, hang out He's
0: just a very chilled guy, you know. He's pretty, like... Uh, no political things going around him, you know, uh, he just enjoys driving and uh, we've had good fun, you know, in, in these couple of uh, times that we've spent together. Yeah, and have you done any um,
1: media activity? Red Bull seems to do a lot of media activities oh, yeah. with both of the drivers yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Have we, you done some stuff?
0: We've done a lot of stuff, actually. We It's been a non-stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, we've spent like two two days together doing yeah. stuff for media. and uh, As I say, it's been just, just enjoyable and, and, and Max is just a, a young guy that likes uh, life, enjoys life and, and gets on with the, with the driving.
1: Should Max be worried about
0: you? I don't, I don't see like, why he should be worried about me or why I should be worried about him. I think we both come here to do our, our best possible job and, and see what, where... I, I don't mean that, mean that in you. a
1: political sense, I just that, you know, because Max seems to have beaten all of his teammates that he's ever had in Formula 1. So everyone's thinking,
0: gosh, no one can beat Max. But actually, you know,
1: here's a new challenge for him.
0: I don't know. I think that's a question for him. But uh, I, don't, I don't think there's particularly... Uh... Well,
1: Rocheco, what's your greatest strength as a driver?
0: I think definitely, I know, I know that uh, come Sunday, I, I'm pretty strong on maximizing the weekend. There are drivers, I think, that uh, are thinking more on the Saturday, you know, try to be as high up in the order, but... To me, when I come to the track on, on, on a Friday, I know that uh, I'm already thinking for Sunday, you know. It's a, it's a bit of a mindset, of a direction set. But um, yeah, just in general, I think that's, uh, that's
1: my strength. You've always been fantastic at looking after your tyres. We've had, huh, you've had one and a half day, well, you did a few tests, of course, at the end of last year, but the new compounds that Pirelli are bringing this year, do you think that will play to your strengths? I've always. I found myself looking ahead to this. Thing. I must keep looking at where Checo is. Is he suddenly going to do a one-stopper and win the race? I've got to keep looking for you. <laughs>
0: um, who knows? Um, we'll see what, how are the races in the first couple of races here in Bahrain. Uh, in the next ones, you know, um, see what happens in that regard. I, looking forward, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to the season.
1: But do you think with the tyres, your magic you can still cast your magic over them? Or do you think these new compounds will be a bit more durable and less heat-sensitive?
0: Uh, no, I think they still are uh, tire that you, you have to look after it, try to manage it, try to be doing the best possible stints you possibly can. So, Checo,
1: 2021, have you dared to dream? I don't want to say, what is your goal? Because that seems unfair, but, you know... What can we expect? What What would you be satisfied with when we, if we sit down at the end of the year?
0: Maximizing my, my car performance. You know, if we have a car to to win the championship, to win the championship. Uh, as simple as that. I want to maximize the the car potential. And, and um, if we have a car that was good enough to finish fourth, then to make sure I finish
1: fourth. Can you imagine what it's going to be like at the Mexican Grand Prix as you come into the stadium there?
0: <laughs> If you're yeah, winning the championship, oh my yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. mental. Uh, Christian was saying, we, we did an interview together the other day and he was saying like, you know, we got so many home races this year. We have uh, Silverstone, we have Austria, we have uh, Japan, we have uh, awesome. um, uh, Sanford with, um, yeah. with Max, we have Mexico. So it's like uh, a lot of home races for the team this year. So yeah, pretty excited. I just hope that once we get into those races, we're able to have the, our fans, our people back it's going to be very exciting to see yeah, you looking, in a Red Bull Every, so forward. many people
1: are looking forward to it. Look, final question from me last time we spoke on Beyond the Grid you mentioned that you collect watches how big is the collection now? got any new ones?
0: I think the last the last time I bought a watch um, was when, when I got married for my wedding how many watches have you got? like 20 uh, 20 watches. I just feel that they're, they're nice because, you know, it's something that you keep, uh, it reminds you the, the moment, you know. Yeah, I haven't bought any watches. Uh, it's a good reminder, actually. <laughs> now, like, you've got to tell me, what is the secret about... I remember Murray Walker, God bless him,
1: uh, who passed away just yesterday, didn't he? But uh, I remember him saying, all watches tell the time. What is it about watches?
0: Well, it f- depends the way you see it, but for me, it's special every time that something... Uh, Something happens in my life that I would like to remember. I, I bought a watch, and every watch has a meaning for me. You know, I did you buy f- a
1: watch at the birth of each of your children?
0: I I bought, I bought a watch for my first kid. To buy it for the second one, I have watch for like my first ever salary in my life so that means a lot uh, you got your first ever salary and blew it all on a watch yeah exactly <laughs> that, it was actually <laughs> how, how it was you know uh, that's how how much I like watches
1: yeah any other quirky collections just while we're talking about no I think that's uh, the only one
0: yeah that's uh, pretty much the only
1: one and it seems to me that the Formula 1 paddock does bets between drivers and team bosses now of course Cyril Beatable and Daniel Ricciardo and the tattoo last year I think Daniel's going to have a, a, a bet with Zach Brown at McLaren
0: this year anything uh-huh. between
1: you and Christian?
0: Uh, no we haven't got, got into it I think we're we going to do something at some point but by the way did Cyril got his tattoo? Well, I don't know I don't know. Because Daniel's, he's gone. He's, he's gone, gone. gone now <laughs> and we need to find God, him. The you know? he went to, the, to not the, have a tattoo. Right? <laughs> the, the everyone community should do something on that and, no, I and think bring Cyril
1: back. <laughs> I think, Well, I think Cyril will be back, surely. He's too yeah. good not to. But uh, yeah. I think Daniel has assured everybody that Cyril will get his tattoo. But Hey, well, <laughs> look, Checo, I've kept you for long enough. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck this year. And hey, we're all really excited. Thank you, mate. So what do you reckon? If he's got the car underneath him this year, will Checo win races and challenge for the World Championship? As he said himself, I see no reason why Red Bull can't work out for him. And the RB16B looked really sharp in testing. All of the issues with last year's car look to have been ironed out. Checo gave us some wonderful insights. I particularly enjoyed his description of Adrian Newey and how he says Adrian thinks like a racing driver when he's engineering a car. That is an intra-team partnership that could blossom within Red Bull this year, as could his relationship with Helmut Marko. And how many drivers have been able to say that over the years? Checo, thanks for your time. As ever, it was great to chat. And all of us here at Beyond the Grid wish you the best of luck for the season ahead. And if you want to hear more from Checo and Red Bull, they talk bull on their own podcast, if you see what I mean. Check it out. Before we move on from Checo, I've actually got a call to arms because I'd love to hear your best Checo stories or memories. Whether you've met him, watched him at a race or just follow him on TV, send in your anecdotes and I'll share my favourites on next week's show. My Twitter handle is at Tom Clarkson F1 or you can use the hashtag F1 beyondthegrid well, that's it for episode one. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please join me next week as the excitement continues to build ahead of the new Formula One season when I'll be chatting to another stellar guest from the pit lane. Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audio Boom. Until next time, keep it flat out.